Hey guys, it's a great day to live for Jesus. My name is Pastor Mike Grover, and this is the In the Word podcast, a twice-weekly devotional journey through the New Testament, where together we will stop, look, and learn what the Lord has to say to us today. Hey there, in the Word today, we are in Matthew chapter number 25, uh, picking up where we left off in our last episode in the middle of the Olivet Discourse. Uh, Jesus is just outside the city of Jerusalem, sitting on the Mount of Olives and talking to his disciples about what will be the signs of his coming and the last day. Now remember, this is taking place in the last week of Jesus' earthly life, just a few days before his crucifixion. And in chapter 24 and 25, he's really answering the questions that the disciples asked him. And so he begins this chapter about being ready for his return with a parable. And this parable is about 10 virgins. And in verse 1, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be like 10 virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And in verse 10 it says, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say to you, I know you not. Watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. So really in looking and interpreting this parable of the ten virgins, you have to understand the Jewish marriage customs. The Jewish marriage custom was that the marriage kind of had three phases. The first phase was the betrothal or the engagement period, and then you had the marriage phase, the actual ceremony, and then you had the feast or the supper that took place after that. And the way it would work is the father of the groom would go and he would uh, pick out a bride for his son and a contract would be signed when the bride is in agreement. And that would begin the betrothal or the engagement period. Now, the engagement period then was much, much more serious than one today. Today, a, a girl can simply take the ring off and give it back to the guy and it's over. Not so in that day to break off the engagement Man, you had to have like a, a writing of divorce in order to do that. It was considered as good as being married minus the consummation. So the bride would begin that betrothal period of preparation and getting ready for her marriage. And then sometime about a year or so later, the groom would leave his father's house with a procession of his friends, and they would march through the streets of the house of the bride and uh, the call would be made, and the bride and her bridesmaids and the entourage would go out, and they would meet the bridegroom, and they would happily go back 
to the father's house, the father of the groom, the ceremony would take place, the consummation would happen, and then afterward a great celebration feast or supper would take place. So you have those three phases. And prophetically, really Jesus uh, often in Scripture likens his return to that. Think about it today as the betrothal period, the engagement period, is our salvation when we are made one with Christ through our faith in his finished work on the cross. And it's in this life that we're preparing and we're making ourselves ready and living for Christ for his return. And one day when Jesus comes, he'll take us back to the Father's house and then the marriage will take place. Revelation 19.7 says this, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And then the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place. Now, in this parable, and really in these chapters, Jesus is warning of his return toward those who will not be ready. You see, the divide in the parable between those who are ready and those who are not ready for his return is the fact that they had no oil when he calls them. And so they have no oil in their lamps, and Jesus likens them to foolish people because they're not ready. Now, oil in Scripture is often symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We see it in the Old Testament in the anointing that would take place of prophets and priests and kings. 1 Samuel 16, 13, it talks about Samuel anointing David, and it says the Spirit, he had the Holy Spirit from that day on. You know, Romans 8, 9 in the New Testament says, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So we see this symbolism of the Holy Spirit in this oil, and we see that it's those who have the oil already, and those who don't are the ones who are not ready. It's whether we know Jesus or not, whether we possess his Holy Spirit or not. So you got two groups of people here in reference to Christ's return. You have the ready group or the wise group, and then you have the not ready group or the unwise group. The ready, man, they quite naturally go into the wedding when the bridegroom or Christ comes. Verse 10 says, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready, they went in with him to the marriage. Man, they were ready. The bride made herself ready. The bridegroom came, and they went naturally into the marriage. Now, the not ready group, um, and they had their last-minute pleas in verse 11 for him to open the door. It says they afterward in verse 11, the other virgins came, and they said, Lord, Lord, open to us. So the ready group followed the bridegroom in. The not ready group have their last-minute plea when it's too late after he had come, after they went into the wedding, after the door was shut. And then you see in verse number 12, the Lord's response. And, uh, and this is the side of Jesus that no one likes to see, but it says, he answered and said to them, I don't know you. Now that phrase, I know you not, or I don't know you, um, and that comes up in several of Jesus' teachings in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23 say, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, 
Have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name we've cast out devils, and in your name we've done many wonderful works? And he says, I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Now, a couple of things in that verse. He didn't say, I used to know you. It's not someone here who was saved. People say, well, they were doing all these works. They must have been Christians. No, I think the point is they were trusting in their works. They were trusting in their preaching. They were trusting in their spiritual warfare. They were trusting in their wonderful wonderful works. And Jesus doesn't say, I used to know you. Jesus says, depart from me, what? He says, I never knew you. I never knew you. Luke chapter 14 and verse 24 and 25, it says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and they will not be able. Verse 25 says, When once the master of the house has risen up and he has shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he will answer and say unto you, I know you not from whence you are. So you got these different passages, really. It's the same response in the parable of the virgins. He says, I know you not. Man, what sobering and serious words of those who missed that opportunity of the open door of grace and yet they are rejected because the Lord says, I never knew you. Now, those words are sober and serious, but I think more than anything, they're tragic because today we have this opportunity. Man, there's this open door of grace that is set before whosoever will, but there's going to come a day when that door is forever shut. And I thought about the word, so a really old song said, Today we reap or miss our golden harvest. Today has given us lost souls to win. Oh, to save some dear one from the burning. Today we go to bring lost sinners in. And I know particularly our church, as a rule, we put a lot of emphasis on teaching people and helping them to understand um, how to share their faith. And in a lot of opportunity on really getting the word of God out there and the gospel message of seeing people coming to faith in Christ. And that's such a high priority to us It's because we understand that the time we have right now is a limited time. And although the door of grace is wide open now to whoever will come in it, and one day Jesus is coming, and that door is going to be shut forever. So think of this. Today's a gift from God with all its grace and with all its opportunity to know Him. And if you don't know Jesus, man, today is the day to enter that door. And if you know Christ, today is the day to teach others and help them to enter that door. So the word for today from me to you is this, is if you don't know Jesus Christ today as your Lord and as your Savior, man, don't gamble with that. Don't just hope things will work out, but you need to act today on faith. Put your trust in Christ. Receive Him. And man, make sure that when he comes, that you're ready and that you're not going to be left outside banging on the door. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey together through the New Testament.